Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. If you look back at your calendar, we're recording this on January 19th. I think it's a Friday night in the United States, and uh, we're um, sort of coming out of the COVID, the COVID thing. Uh, many places in the U.S., uh, some places like Texas and the east, uh, eastern seaboard are really starting to open up a little bit in areas. And fishing has been as good, if not uh, better than, than ever. People are really wanting to get to the outside, you know, on the outside and go fishing and having fun. And so that's kind of exciting to see the industry kind of pulling its way out of there. And if uh, you're listening yeah. to this on a somewhat timely basis, um, you know, Northwest is still, you know, a little bit behind, uh, as is Alaska and, and uh, the uh, New England states and, and that sort of thing. But Hey man, we're going to get through this thing. So it's uh, kind of exciting to see the uh, evolution of all of this. Well, today we have a great guy that is joining us, and I'm really excited to do this interview. Um, and uh, without further ado, I'll uh, uh, bring Bill into the conversation. Bill, you there? Well, good evening, Ted from Oregon. Good evening. <laughs> well, yes. good evening. Well, good evening. Well, this is Bill, this is Bill Monroe of Bill Monroe's um, uh, Guide Service, and so we're excited to hear from Bill about how everything is coming along. How uh, just um, you know how how are you doing through all this this junk? Well, we COVID, I'll tell but... you the first the first four or five months of this year have been pretty darn difficult, huh? Yeah, Getting they through this COVID and being being you know we're going through a pandemic and losing you know half of your business yeah, yeah. it's quite an experience yes it is. i like what you said ted that actually is really good we're 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 gonna get through this and see this thing through because we need to finish this and be done with it yep yep exactly exactly yep. Well, well, Bill. Hey, give us a little background. I mean, what? The, how in the world did you well, get into the fishing business, and and when was the first time you had a rod in your hand that you can remember? Oh boy, I'll tell you. Well, well, first of all, my my dad is the outdoor writer for the Oregonian, which is the local. You know, it was kind of actually it was almost bigger than Seattle as far as the outdoors presence. Yeah. So uh -huh. it really became kind of kind of uh, the newspaper for the entire Pacific Northwest at that time, and it's still it's really close to that now. But you know, it's nothing of what they were. The internet's very powerful. Um, but he was the outdoor writer for the Oregonian newspaper, and I kind of grew up getting to go on you know every extreme you know little adventure that we got to go on that was actually paid for by the by the paper because they wanted stories about the outdoors, and people were craving it back then, and and he had a special way of putting people into the, the outdoors to his words. And mm -hmm. as I grew up, I uh, I decided that I wanted to kind of do something different. And, you know, I explored a couple of things, wanting to be a police officer. Or then I went into, thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And that didn't quite work out. Went through some college and almost wrapped it up and got into firefighting. And then EMS is where I am now. And I work on a 911 ambulance. But... I did this whole kind of experimental thing to kind of get back to my roots. And that was where I started my own business because I, yeah. I just didn't have the gift of um, writing 
and putting that delicate touch about being in the outdoors and what all helps just exactly how unique and special it is with each and every definition of a word. Well, I, mm-hmm. my goal is to get people into those outdoors still because we are so lucky to have what we have here. And um, oh, yeah. I, I decided to take people out into the outdoors myself. And I mm-hmm. do that through fishing mainly mm-hmm. because our fisheries are, in all reality, for, for salmon, steelhead, and surgeon, we are in the top, like, I'm going to say top three, top five destinations in the world for those specific type of type of fisheries. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Columbia River really, the Columbia River really kind of sets that tone, you know, and then we've got a little special little river like the Willamette, which flows uh, from, from south to north, and it provides quite the ecosystem um, to be able to also, uh, you know, it has a, a, a really special ability to, to maintain um, salmon and steelhead mm-hmm. uh, populations because of the, the way that it's set up and right. uh, the way it runs through a really fertile valley and all this special stuff. That just all kind of ties into the picture about how lucky we are to live in the Northwest. We really are, aren't we? Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you you brought up a point there that was really interesting because it it really it triggered some things in me. I I've, I've been working in the uh, sport fishing industry for a number of years now, and a lot of my client, you know, I've got a lot of clients that are guides and charter captains and that sort of thing. And you know, if you were to ask me uh, about the clients that I know, um, what were their past professions? What's you know, or their ad uh, or, or what they were aspiring to do when they were growing up. You know, the, the top one is an attorney. It's really strange. It is really strange. And you <laughs> that you yeah. were thinking about being an attorney. There, there's a that lot was, of no, I was, highly I was trained, close to that, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of highly trained people in those, uh, running those boats. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah, I'll that's, be darned. That, that's hilarious. Yeah, that, uh, it, it's interesting. There's a correlation there, you know. But... Uh, Anyway, so you know you're you're right about the you know the Willamette Valley and and uh, the ecosystem. I've never thought of it just the way that you explained it, but running through the fertile valleys and and that sort of thing, or you know, I, that oh, I grew up the the kind of the tail end. So of it unique, the, it's, yeah, right. Yeah, but right, yeah, I mean, you really grew is. up probably down. You said you grew up in Springfield, and I grew up in Oregon City, but I studied the geographical and all of the the history of the Missoula floods and how it dumped just all sorts of fertile dirt into, and it ended, it, its end position was actually the Willamette Valley. Right. And, and, and to, 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 to actually have that here, and then it set up the perfect uh, system to be able to put its, you know, basically it, its flushing system, which is the Willamette River, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the south to north axis of that river is what really kind of sets the tone to make that river unique. There's not very many rivers in the entire world that flow from from south to north. Right. And the ones that do actually, um, they actually carry a, a special ability to maintain uh, fish. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll be darn. I'll be darn. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I. I knew that. You know, the the the, the rivers that flow south to north had had some special traits to them. But uh, 
um, yeah, that, that that's exactly right. So you you fish then uh, professionally. You fish on the Willamette and then what on the Columbia also? Yep, I fish on. So I I fish on the Columbia mainly. Um, mm -hmm. I fish on the Willamette. And I go all the way down to Coos Bay, and sometimes I go down to Brookings to fish the Chetco if I get the right uh, amount of clients for it. And then I oh. come up and, and wrap up the sea. I, I come up and wrap up the season in Tillamook Bay. Um, mm -hmm. So I I cover a lot of area, and I'm I'm gone a lot, and it's kind of hard on the family life aspect, but um, I'm find a way to get it done. And um, I've, I've been learning my ways to keep the happy medium through the years. And it's working. <laughs> yeah. It's working so far. And I get to, not only that, but, you know, you get to wake up and, and go to a job you actually love means mm -hmm. that you're never going to work another day in your life. It's just That's true. you doing what you love. Mm -hmm. And then when I go and work in a, a, a 911 shift, um, that's work. And I, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now for our, yeah, our listeners, but it's okay. Our listeners, they're they're thinking nine one one. What do you mean a nine one one fishing thing? But no, you're you're actually uh, uh, what no. an EMT, right? Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm a, I I work on a nine one one ambulance, running nine one one calls as a, as a, as an EMT and all sorts uh -huh. of good stuff. Been a been a medic for years and wow. working working in the streets of Clackamas County because that's where I grew up and I wanted to you know give back to my home my hometown some way or another uh, I ended up on an ambulance I never did really try and sit for a fire department job because I knew that I wouldn't be able to do the outdoor life like I wanted um, yep. but but the ambulance affords me that and, and I keep a happy medium between that um, oh, as cool. well but but my fishing my fishing business is is uh, it, it means everything to me. It's, it's my passion. Yeah. It's what I do. It's why I dedicate all of my free um, time and advocation towards the opportunities of of sport fishing here in the Northwest. That also that it all includes like I fight for many things. I sit on many boards and um, in a member of many things to be able to to afford and give back to the fishery. And that's, that's really important to me, too. We've been yeah. hit with many things like bad oceans or sea lions and all sorts of stuff, hatchery fish and a certain user group here or a certain user group there that don't agree with how hatchery fish, you know, mend with wild fish. And it's just, it's turned into a real mess. And quite frankly, I'm surprised we even have any fish at all to catch. Um, but yeah. we, we, without fighting for them, uh, mm -hmm. well, yeah. we probably wouldn't have anything, but now we do, and it, we're there, so we right. just got to see it through. Yeah, right. Well, that that's one thing that's impressed me about you is that you've been you are so active in the uh, in in the fisheries. You know, not only just fishing, yep. but you're that active in the fisheries and sitting on those boards and helping make those uh, you know those tough decisions and and speaking to others in in the political realm about you know, why it's important to do certain things for the fisheries and, and that, that kind of, it's I, very, I that's, yeah. uh, yeah, that, that's that, very that, important. Yeah. Ted. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a thankless job for, you know, at times and then <laughs> you get elated. It's when not paid. We don't get paid to, we don't get paid on that, that aspect to go out and fight for these fish. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all free, in, in, in free work that, that just has to be done. 
Right. And it, you'd be surprised how many people just expect the resource to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, some fishing guides, you know, they just go out and use the resource and make a living off of it and just expect right. it to be there. But there's, there's the majority of us, we, we know we got something here that's special and we have to yeah. protect it. We have to yeah. fight for it, have to protect it. We got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yep. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Um, you, sure. you, um, migrate up and down the Oregon coast quite a bit and, and just giving yeah. people that are on uh, the East coast or, or, uh, our listeners maybe overseas, giving them an idea. I mean, you, you travel almost three to 400 miles. That's almost what, 700 kilometers, um, up and down yep. the Oregon coast chasing fish. And so, um, you'll drag your boat down to Chetco, which is way South, right? And that's then, a, uh, a seven-hour drive. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then you'll come up and you'll you'll fish. Uh, you know the local waters for you on the Columbia and that sort of thing, which is an easy drive for you. But but what's what's the difference between the fisheries, let's say, on the southern Oregon coast versus the the northern Oregon coast? Oh boy. You know, the, okay, well, the southern Oregon coast, let's say from basically, oh, I don't know, maybe Newport and south, which is basically right. the middle, uh, the middle of, 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 the, of the Oregon coastline. Um, you got places like, you know, the Umqua and the Coos system and the Chetco and amongst others, you know, the Elk and the Sixes, all those. Mm-hmm. A lot of those, those fish travel south to rear and they rear down in like in the waters of Argentina or, um, oh. you know, all along the, the Pacific waters of the Southern American coastline, um, mm-hmm. all the, all the ocean out there, they rear out there. Whereas you go a little bit more North of like the Newport line, you know, like you got some Tillamook Bay action, you, and the, mostly the Columbia and North uh, fisheries, um, those fish rear in the Alaskan and Canadian waters of the Pacific. And that's where we're seeing complete changes in the way that these things are going. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you look at like a river, let's, let's go just a little bit further south here. Let's go just to northern, northern uh, California to the Sacramento. Okay. Now those fish, those fish mainly rear south um some of them have been caught north but mainly and, and this year um the california department of fishing game they are actually uh, they have a higher forecasted return of their prime chinook um than the columbia for one of the first time in almost almost history it's happened before but it's very rare and so when you mm-hmm. see things like this those those fish that are traveling south to rear, um, they're they're doing well. Whereas we look at the fish that are traveling north to rear, um, like mm-hmm. the Columbia fish or all of the Puget Sound based um, salmon, and they're they're struggling. And yeah. it's not just because it's not just because you got a, like a state of Alaska that has you know epic fishing up there. Da, 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 da. You've got all sorts of things going on in the northern Pacific where we're having ocean temperatures reach 60, 70 degrees 
in a certain zone, and those certain zones are actual home base areas for certain stocks. And that's a real problem. And you don't have that going on in the South. The South Pacific is, is it does have warm water areas, but it doesn't sit there and just hold like what it does. Right. It, it circles up in the, the toilet bowl of the, the Pacific waters in the Northern Pacific. And that's, right. that's, that's really troubling fish. And then when you combine that with like the Columbia being warm or warmer than the 10 year average for however many years now, at least five, mm-hmm. maybe even, maybe even 10 of the 10 year average, um, warm water record. Um, you combine that. So survival of smolts and hatchery production and everything else is not going very well. Um, right. And then you combine that with sea lions and birds and everything else. These, man, the picture is huge. It, it's really yeah. hard to put this picture in front of everybody to realize what we have here. And, and of course, you know, I'm out on my boat and I talk to my clients until I'm blue in the face, basically. And But they come off of my boat educated about what we got and what we need to do. And that, that's important to me. And, mm-hmm. and, and I use things like how the Sacramento now has more fall Chinook coming back than the Columbia. And yeah. I use this stuff because these are signs. We've got this stuff and we need to do something about it. And we are. It's just mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it, it's a process. And yeah. po- politics get involved. There's money. There's budgets. There's predation. There's federal oversight. And man, and that's why I told you, man, I'm surprised we have anything to fish for at all. Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah. we do. And the fact that we do means that the 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 effort we put into this is worth it. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. I'm at. Crazy, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I I think back and and the 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 north you know, the the Alaskan, you know, the Gulf of Alaska and the way the waters flow in the Pacific north of us. Uh, north of us being north of of, uh, of Oregon is sort of like a big whirlpool, isn't it? I mean, because it anything that happens yeah. in that pool, whether it's on the North American side or something that happens in you know uh, in Eastern Russia or Japan or Korea, you know, or you know, or those waters or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have a, they have an effect on on the. Uh, you know the northwest salmon and and uh, uh, and fisheries, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all hard. stuff to take in, and yeah, some of is. those pressures aren't aren't present down there in the in the south. Of no. course, they've got you know horrible. You know they they've got a whole different way of living down there, and some of their fisheries aren't really curtailed down there. But you know if you if you travel down to, to Southern America and hit the Pacific coastal rivers down there, some of the Chinook returns that they have down there are, are epic. And really? they're significant fish because they're very healthy. They're, they they mm-hmm. have a lot to eat down there. And, and that's, that's all really good stuff. Um, but it's not like we're going to turn the Columbia fish into a South rearing fish. That's never going to happen, ever. Right, because right. they are programmed. They, 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 those fish know to go north and, and to live and thrive up there. 
but when mm-hmm. they can't and they have die-offs and all this other stuff, <sighs> it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So yeah. I, I, I'm just curious on the upcoming season, Bill, um, you know, what, what's the forecast now for the Northwest in regards to the, you know, the, the well, Chinook and the Coho yeah. and, and the Sockeye runs? Well, the Sockeye run is where we're starting right now. We're in the middle of Sockeye. It, okay. uh, it, it's actually between what we do is we split the sockeye fishery, what, what now is actually a thriving fishery into the Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, those sockeye have, have increased in numbers. They, they do very well traveling into the somewhat warm upper Columbia River water um, head, headwaters. Right. Um, and then we, we, in the lower river at least, uh, below Bonneville, we fish for those fish with the summer steelhead run. Um, they, they all kind of bite the same type of gear, you know, small little presentations with coon shrimp and small little spin glows. It's just, it works. Uh-huh. Um, so, so that, that fishery is going on right now and that's going to go pretty much through the, uh, maybe the middle of July. And then yeah. we start looking to, to, to make a turn back down to the coast and go after what's, that's going to be the upcoming fall Chinook run, and it'll enter the Columbia River basically starting August, the, the beginning of August this year. We can't quite fish for um, all everything we want because we have a, a a constraining stock of Thule Chinook that that we need to uh, save for the future fisheries. Mm-hmm. And so in an effort to try and save those fish, because we have kind of a political agreement with Canada, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's more politics for you, by the way. It's kind of a long story. Um, we, we need to protect the Thule Chinook. And in order to do, to do that, we uh, need to, to shut down a certain time period of August because they return first. And then the, the prized, better, um, higher quality upriver bright fall Chinook fish uh, return mm-hmm. um, basically for the, the, the third, fourth, and first and second weeks of September. Right. So, so those are fish we're after, and, and now we're only going to get a season for those for um, August 14th to August 27th. Oh, so that's kind of a bummer this year. Usually we get at least 30 days of fishing. We get to fish August 1st through Labor Day. You know, the mm-hmm. first week of September. Um, mm-hmm. So for the past couple of years, though, with all these tough conditions, uh, we, we haven't got those fisheries. Right, so right. It's, it's well, tough, that, but that, I mean, you got to look on, you got to look on the other side. At least we're fishing. Right. Now, now you, you used a word uh, in describing what you, the, the fish coming into the Columbia that maybe a lot of people don't understand. Can you explain what you mean by Thule, Thule Chinook? Yep, Thule Chinook are a Chinook that rear up in just off the coast of Vancouver Island or in, um, you know, kind of mid, mid, mid coast of, of BC, British Columbia. Uh-huh. Um, the, when those Thule Chinook up there, they're actually prime fish. They, they cut really good. They're really good yep. for the commercial fisheries up there. And we have an agreement with them to make those fish survive down here because this is where they um, originate and come back to spawn in, right? The lower Columbia River. Got it. Um, But when those fish enter down here, for us, 
they turn white and they lose all of their uh, keratin inside. They lose all of their, their color, basically, and, the, and oh. they lose all their taste that we like as humans inside of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they turn into kind of, you know, a really lesser quality Chinook. And mm-hmm. in order to keep this agreement we have with Canada, because in all reality, to be clear, we have an agreement with Canada and they have every power to absolutely decimate our spring Chinook that come into the Columbia and Willamette rivers. And if you know anything about Chinook, the spring Chinook um, that come into the Columbia and Willamette rivers are known throughout the world as the ultimate um, Chinook. They are the prize Chinook salmon. Yep. Yep, they are. Everybody's after those. So the Canadians are like, okay, we we will not go. We will not put an impact on your springers. We will let your springers pass through our waters if and only if you agree to maintain a certain number uh, percentage and yield of these tule fish. Uh, the tule Chinook, when they're, like I said, remember, when those tule fish are in the Canadian waters, they're, they're, they're very high quality up there. So they like right. those too. So right. That, that, that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with when we talk about those. Wow. Wow. That, that's good information, man. I didn't, you know, I, I, I've known. You learn all of, sorts of stuff, aren't you? Isn't this great? Yeah, yeah, I really am. I really am. That, that's good. <laughs> right. The spring Chinook, uh, this in, in Oregon. You know, I was at the uh, or or was online the other day. You know, looking at the grocery prices and and stuff because yeah. we're in the midst of uh, relocating our family back to Oregon. I've been living overseas for the last seven years, yeah. and so I thought, well, I'm just going to go in and look at you know grocery prices. Holy smokes! I found I found oh. some bookcase in there. They wanted seventy dollars a pound for spring chinook. I'm going, that's crazy. Yeah. Here, I'll but, give you one good example of, of a Springer, and it happened four, no, four, no, wait, five years ago when we had yeah. a pretty good Spring Chinook return on the on the Columbia, uh-huh. and there was some early, what we call early test netting, and they go out and they test how many fish are in the river, and that starts, you know, almost in January or February. And that's mm-hmm. when we judge to see if if they're ent- if they're here yet. You know, we always wait for the springers to show up. You know, yada yada right. yada. Um, one of the fish that they had netted because they get to keep if they they if they get a certain amount of drifts, um, and then they count the amount of fish in those certain number of drifts, and that they extrapolate those numbers mm-hmm. uh, to determine the, the the population that are in the river if we should be able to go after them yet. Um, so the, one of those fish they had that was a, a really decent fish, they decided to send it, package it up, and send it over to the open market in Japan. Um, as you know, that's where all the tuna gets sent. You know, if everybody watches, you know, Wicked Tuna, those, mm-hmm. those tuna can fetch, you know, ten, fifteen, forty thousand dollars. You know, whatever. Oh, yeah, or more, um, yeah. based off of its meat, right? Mm-hmm. Well. When we're starting to look at pound for pound here, this 20-pound spring Chinook they sent over to the Japanese market sold for $5,500 for one fish. Oh, my God. Um, that's, that's quite a, a dollar per pound um, when you start to look at it. 
And yes, when you no. when you actually compare that with some of the tuna that they're catching over there, even their highest quality fish, pound for pound, on the tuna. Right. Right. Um, and this is all wholesalers selling over there, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, those the pound for pound, the spring chinook, is, you know, is like triple worth what what a, a bluefin uh, goes for. So that's that's <laughs> just how valuable those springers are to to mostly to the uh, to the open market because the restaurants know what a spring chinook is, and they right. they they the the restaurants are after that for high end clients. And right. so are the Japanese. The sushi grade factor of, of spring Chinook from the Columbia River in the Pacific Northwest is their favorite salmon to make sushi of over there. And of course they pay yeah. whatever it takes to get their hand on it. It's just really kind of crazy how this all works. Some of it can be kind of concerning if you start to look at it, but yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here laughing and, and the reason I am is I'm I'm thinking about our listeners out there and one of our, one of our our guests and and uh, one of my client clients actually uh, was invo- involved in Wicked Tuna for, uh, for oh, yeah. a number of years, and uh, his name is Captain Morrow of the Kellyanne. And I can I can oh, imagine cool, that yeah. Morrow's going to be listening to this here in the next couple of weeks, uh, and he's giving me a call going, Ted, how do I get out to Oregon? Because <laughs> Because he, yeah. he, he's thinking about the price of those salmon, you know. But uh, we, That's funny because uh, we're all sitting here like, hmm, I'm friends with the Marcianos uh, on a, a level. I take, you know, some of them fishing, and I have taken them to fishing. Cool. But, yeah, uh, it, yeah it, it's a good relationship. It's really neat. Um, but yeah. I, we're all sitting here from Oregon being like, well, how the heck do I get out there to go bluefin fishing? Because yep. I want to catch a 1,000-pound tuna. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, and uh, but if you compare it price by pound by pound, holy smokes, sounds like we're sitting on a gold mine, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, well, very uh, good. Well, well, Bill, where where are where are you going to be fishing over the next? Uh, you know, w- without giving GPS locations, you know, where are you going to be fishing over the 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 last six months of of this year? And uh, what are the fisheries that you've got coming up and and available? The you know for people that come with you. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, obviously, we're we've got a ocean salmon fishery that's going to start here this week. Actually, it starts um, tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hit the ocean pretty much myself until um, July, and then we kind of uh, we take it easy for a little bit towards the end of July, and then the beginning of August, since we can't fish inside until the 14th. Um, I am going to be doing ocean trips pretty hard out there for some of those early returning coho. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be going out there outside in the ocean from August, basically the beginning of August, all the way till the inside fishery starts August 14th. And then we got buoy 10 until August 27th. And then mm-hmm. we're going to go up into the Portland area and chase the run up river a little bit through September um, 8th or 9th. And okay. then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a, a little week or so break and go um, head back down and do some bottom fishing and crabbing, and then it's time from there I go to Tillamook Bay for the month of October. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tillamook Bay fishery is actually pretty darn good. I, I that's the one that I have availability open for, so that's kind of a good thing. 
Okay. Um, I got I got some 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 many days open there in the prime second third and fourth weeks of October. That's going to be good stuff. Oh, awesome! And then uh, November, uh, I take a little small little break again, and then I go back up to Astoria, where we mm-hmm. finish up our bottom fishing, and actually we turn over. I like to turn over and do crabbing trips um, mm-hmm. all the way from november into the first week or two in december because you know the holiday crab you got to have that on the table right yeah you do yeah you do yeah good stuff good stuff so yeah, yeah. So in, and so that kind of outlines kind of the year right there yeah so in the northwest um the the late fall fisheries that uh, where you go out and fish for salmon really the cool thing is you you set crab pots on the way out right and so uh That's they get all right yeah, they that's get always part of the trip of seafood coming, especially in Tillamook. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. good stuff. I love doing that. Oh, Dungeness crab, man! That 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 is good stuff. That is really yes, good it is. stuff. <laughs> but uh, well, terrific. Well, Bill, I want to thank you, man, yeah. for coming on board and and uh, chatting with everybody yeah. today. I mean, gosh, you just gave us a ton of stuff to think about and. We really appreciate your and advocacy. to think that's only like like a sixteenth of it, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I, yeah, forward to, to spending some time on a boat with you just to get the education. That uh, that in itself is, yeah. is right. But uh, uh, how how did people get a hold of you, Bill? Um, if, if they want to book a trip, well, yep, yep, yep. Well, I've got I've got that website that you. you you kind of helped me through a little bit. That was really awesome. So the website is up at BillMonroeOutdoors.com. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, it's at Bill Monroe Outdoors is the name. And, okay. uh, you know, I'm all about having people look at what we do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I'll put those links also in the show notes. So uh, um, cool. if uh, people, when people are, are listening to the podcast, they can scroll down to the show notes and they'll get uh, your telephone number and your links to your website and, and Facebook and that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, when they reach out to you, you've got to understand this is the time of year you're on the water. So it may take a few That's hours right. for, for you to get back to people. I'll get back to you. Of course. I know that, I know that you always do. And uh, That's good be, stuff. Uh, yep. it, it, this is going to be a great season, man. I mean, even though it's only kind of, I think so. Year, I, there's, there's a lot of negative going on right now, but in all reality, we have a lot of positive to kind of look forward to. And that's, that is what kind of keeps you going, you know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Right. Hey, one last question to you. And I ask this every once in a yeah. while. I'm really interested with, with in, in your answer to this, um, because you grew up in the Pacific Northwest as I did, and you've had yeah. all of the, great adventures for you know for decades now if you knew you only had one fishing trip left in your life that you you could take personally right not where you're guiding somebody but you could take personally and you knew that was going to be the last one ever where where would you go what time of year would you go and what would you use Uh, oh ted well that's kind of a big one Wow. Um, so this is like bucket list, the number one on the bucket list trip, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah. What what's what are you dreaming about, man? You know, I've been to Alaska so many times. I've 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 been 
you know, I guess warm water fishing in, in, in like the, the San Diego's and going to Hawaii and, mm -hmm. um, boy, I don't know. I, I used to think that trying to get down to New Zealand for some of those steelhead or over to the Kamchatka oh, yeah. Peninsula on Russia was, was quite the, the, the dream. Uh-huh. But I, I I do want to catch a pretty big tuna. So <laughs> that's that's a goal. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know, Ted, if it was the last one, you got me you got me you got my brain thinking on this one and I've had kind of a long day. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you well you yeah you, you, sounds like you're thinking about Gloucester, Massachusetts, where that fleet is over well, there. Well uh, heading over to Gloucester. Yeah, yeah, as we all say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to leave that. That I, I think it would be that bluefin trip. I really do. There's yeah. so many other things. But right, that right. one, for me, would probably be quite the goal to catch one of those bad boys. Yeah. 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 I want to do that. that. That's it. Do that. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Hey, Bill, thank you so yeah. much, man. And uh, best you're welcome, of, best Ted. I appreciate it very much. I'm looking yeah, forward best to Best of luck to you in 2020. And uh, God willing, man, 2021, we get a full season. And, uh, you know, things are, are, are back to normal when it comes to the, you know, the darn virus and that sort of thing. And we just move forward, man. Sounds like a plan, my friend. I love it. Good work. Okay. Tight lines, Bill. You are listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson.